goodness, that's creepy. <laughs> that's creepy. So is our topic this morning. I, I um, grew up believing that God's favorite word must be no. <laughs> must be his favorite word. And if, if I could summarize the Bible as I was growing up, I would also summarize the entire Bible with one word, and that would also be no. You see, growing up, I was convinced that God was this legalistic old man with gray hair and a long white beard, and he was out of touch with reality. That was my idea of God. And his first response to me, I thought, was always the answer, no. And so the only reasonable response to all of that was unavoidable rebellion. That's what I thought that growing up. That was it. After all, it is my right, I thought, to have a happy life, to enjoy life and do what I want when I want to do it, how I want to do it. It was my right. See, I imagine that there were rules and authority over here. And over here, though, there was freedom. And this is where I wanted to be. The closer I got to God, it felt to me like the less freedom I had. But the further I could stay away from God, the more freedom I could have, the more I could have life the way I wanted life. And if you're like me, we have a tendency to view our authorities, whether it's God or whether it's any other authority in life, we have a tendency to view our authorities as the enemy because they are the ones holding us back from freedom. We want freedom, but they're holding us back. They are not letting me do what I want to do. That's the way we have a tendency to think, if you're anything like me at all. You know, as we grow up, as we grow up, we have, uh, we kind of move from few freedoms to big time freedoms, right? Great freedom. We move as we grow up from few responsibilities to great responsibilities. As we grow up, if you're anything like me, we have a tendency to see the authorities over here, our parents, the police teachers, even pastors, bosses, supervisors, the list goes on and on and on and on. All of those people over there, authorities, keeping us from the freedoms that we want and the freedoms that we say, this is what I deserve. How many of you believed as a teenager, like I believed, if I can just get away from my house my battles with freedom, I mean with authorities, will be over. I will get freedom if I could just get out from under my parents, from their rules, out of the house, I'll have freedom. No more rules. No more do this and don't do this. Be home at this time. No more of that. I will have freedom if I can do that. How many of you were like me? And you would say, as soon as I turn 18, I'm out of here. How many of you said that? I can remember so distinctly me, 16-year-old me, driving my, um, my 1973 Ford Maverick 3 on the tree, metallic turd brown. 
amazing car it was. I, I, I can still see myself driving that car and saying to myself and just grumbling and grunting, gritting my teeth, when I'm 18, I'm out of here. And I think I actually even said that a few times to my parents and ducked. I mean, it was, I could remember, how many of you said that? When I'm 18, I'm out of here. No more authority. I'm out from under your authority. I'm out of here. But here's the truth. The truth is, the older we get, the more authorities that we have over us. That is a truth. Oh, man, I didn't really realize that at, 18, at 16 when I was saying that. But think about it. Think about it. The older you get, the more authorities you have. When you were three years old, who did you have to answer to? Your parents. That was pretty much it at three years old. And then you entered elementary school, so now you had to answer to your parents, and then you had that teacher. You were in that one class, your teacher and your parents, and let's go ahead and throw in the principal there too, all right? And then you went to middle school and then on to high school, but once you went into middle school and high school, then you had, you had to add more teachers because you had one teacher for every single class because you rotated around, right? So now you had a parent, a principal, and now you had multiple teachers you had to answer to. And let's go ahead and throw into that coaches and then activity advisors. The list is growing. You're having more and more authorities now. Now, as an adult, who do you have to answer to? Well, let's see. Let's start with your boss, and let's make that plural. There are usually more than one, your bosses and your supervisors. And let's not forget the business owner over here. So it's, the list is growing. And then there's all of the law enforcement. Let's add in the fire chief because he can have some control over because of uh, emergency conditions and access and things. So you have the, the fire chief, all that law enforcement. You also have, we can add the city code enforcer. That's one of the people who tells you you can't put your trash out by the curb until the day they pick it up. You've got the city code enforcer. You've got the state code enforcers. And let's go ahead and add to that while we're on the state. Let's add to that the DMV. If you don't think the DMV has some authority over you, then you just don't... Um, don't, uh, you go in there into the DMV acting like they don't have any authority over you, and you'll let's see how that turns out for you. The, the DMV, and then let's go to some other. You got the IRS, the entire IRS, anyone in the IRS has authority over you. And you've got your county tax assessor, you've got your county tax collector. You still have to pay city taxes, so someone's making sure you do that. You've got to pay state taxes, so. All of the state tax people are over you. And let's see. Let's talk about judges for a minute. So judges, if you're standing before a judge, that judge has authority over you. Even the postmaster has authority over you. And that's, let's add to that list, the game warden has authority over you. In fact, they have more authority over you, really, than the police even do. Wow, the list is getting bigger. Um, let's even add this. I'm, I'm not sure what they call it in Stuttgart. I can't remember but I'm going to call it this. Even the city animal control officer has authority over you. Wow. That's a lot of authority. I mean, we do have an option. There is a group of people that, that 
can answer to just one single authority, basically. So, I mean, you could, you could opt for that and be in that list. But goodness, those people are in prison. <laughs> they just answer to the warden. I don't think you want that. That's not freedom. You see, we have a natural tendency to move from authority and to move away from it, to head towards the dark, screaming, I don't want anyone telling me what I have to do or what I can do and what I can't do. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. But authority, authority is just a fact of life. Authority isn't going away. It's not going anywhere. And we can either learn to live under authority and teach our children to live under authority. Or we will keep watching friend after friend and child after child resist authority and lose the freedoms that they have. Here's the truth. There is no such thing as absolute freedom. It's a lie of the evil one. We talked about that last week, all the way back in Genesis. It's a lie of the evil one. There's no such thing as absolute freedom. Now, our bottom line this morning has three parts, and so we're going to come back to this quite often. But Cam is going to put on the screen the first part. Here it is. Everyone answers to someone. Everyone answers to someone. Every single person answers to someone, even Jesus. Even Jesus. You see, people were constantly amazed by the authority that Jesus had. Jesus had the authority over sickness and health. He could heal the sick. Jesus had authority. He, he was able to calm storms at sea, so he had authority over the environment and nature. And Jesus even had authority over the spirit world. But how did Jesus view his authority? So we're going to look at this little snapshot that we find in the New Covenant, and, and it's about Jesus and authority. Here it is, Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to start with verse 5. Here's what it says. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, uh, a Roman officer, so this is a military officer, came and he pleaded with Jesus. And here's what he said in verse 6. Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. In verse 7, Jesus said, well, I'll come and heal him. That's yeah, amazing in and of itself, just the, that fact, but it goes on, verse 8. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. He said, just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. He goes on, verse 9, I, I know this because I am under authority. So he, he's, he's using authority. And he says, I know you can do this because I am under authority, the authority of my superior officers. And then he's saying, because of that now, he says, and I now, I have authority over my soldiers. He said, I only need to say go, and they go. Or I say come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, we can substitute there the word, uh, we can substitute my staff, my house staff, my household staff, employees. If I could say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And here's what Jesus responded in verse 10. 
When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Now, I would think it would be very difficult to amaze Jesus. He was amazed. And turning to those who were following him. So get this idea. Jesus is now turning to the people who have been following him. And he's about to say, get this. Look at this guy who's not a Jew. He's not an Israelite. He's a Roman enemy. Look at this guy. And now look at you. (laughs) Here's what he says. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you, Israel. He was like, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. He was like, look at this guy. Do this. Now, it's really easy to miss something that happened in this snapshot, this story. Did you hear what this Roman officer said? Here's what he said. He said, Jesus, I am under authority. I am under the authority of my superior officers. And because I'm under their authority, I have what authority they've given me. So I have authority over my soldiers because I am under their authority. And he was recognizing that Jesus must be under someone's authority for him to have the authority that he had. You see, when that military officer gave orders, his men obeyed him because they knew that he was operating under the authority of the Roman state. He was under their authority, the authority of his supervisors, the authority of his, and under the overall Roman government. He had authority because he was under authority. And as he watched Jesus, as he watched the life of Jesus, he saw Jesus exercising authority over disease and over the spirit world and over the natural world. And he put it together and said, "Mm, Jesus must also be under someone's authority. See, the the authority that Jesus had to heal and to raise the dead and the authority that he had to influence and control the weather, it was all granted to him by God. Jesus was under the Father's authority. Consequently, Jesus had authority. So now our bottom line here gets a little bit bigger. Everyone answers to someone. And if we want to have authority, we must live under authority. Jesus gave us the example. Now, we can argue that point. A student might say, what about my parent? I mean, my parent's in prison or in jail. They're not even with me. Do they have authority over me? Or a student might say, well, what about my coach at school? I mean, my coach won't stop cussing the team. Everyone, everyone. Do I have to submit to that authority? Or we adults, we might say, what about my supervisor who loves to to belittle and to trample on the employees? Do we have to submit to them? 
Now, those are quite great questions. But before we can get there to answer those questions, we have to embrace a very specific truth. And this is it, that God is the ultimate authority. Now, we mentioned a couple of verses last week. I want to kind of breeze through them again this week. Here they are. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Everyone must submit. Now, what we're talking about here is the new covenant. See, we're not under the old covenant laws any longer. But we are under the new covenant. And here's what the new covenant has to say. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. Now, there's a giant clue for us. If we're going to step under the light, step under God's authority, He is the ultimate authority. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority, so now we're talking about people who are not God, just authorities, they are placed there by God. So then he says, so anyone who rebels against authority is, and, and listen, and they instituted, who has instituted this authority, and, and listen, and they will be punished if we rebel against that authority. So what he's saying is step under God's authority, come out of the darkness, under the light. Peter, we said last week, basically says something very similar. Here's what he says in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 13. For the Lord's sake, now, here we go, so Peter's saying, listen, this is a spiritual issue. We're not just talking about laws and, and uh, obeying your teacher and, and your parents. This is a spiritual issue, he says. For the Lord's sake, respect all human. He's not just talking about stepping under the light of God. He said respect all human authority, whether it's the king as head of state or the president, whatever. And he says, or the officials, verse 14, the officials that he, the king, has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and honor those who do right. So here's what he's saying. It's a spiritual issue, but if you don't submit, then you're, there are going to be consequences, some spiritual consequences, and you're going to face the consequences of that authority. So he said, submit. Now here's a big statement. While every authority is not godly, God establishes every authority. This is a big statement. Because not every authority that you have to submit to or that you are called to submit to is going to be a godly authority. So while every authority is not godly, God establishes every authority. Now I admit, this does not make sense on the surface. It doesn't make sense. But you know, the Bible is full of stories and passages that talk about how God uses ungodly authorities to accomplish God's purposes. If you look at the New Covenant, I mean, I'm just going to give you one, but there's a lot. Just the New Covenant, here's a real big one. God uses ungodly authorities to accomplish God's purposes. Just look at the crucifixion of Jesus. 
It was all ungodly authority. And God used that to accomplish his purpose. And you look at the old covenant. It is full of examples of how God judged and at times punished Israel using their enemies. Their enemies became their authorities. So they were ungodly authorities, ungodly enemies, and God used them for his purpose. All through the old covenant you see that. And we will never be able to successfully live under the authority of an ungodly leader until we learn to submit to God's control, his overall control, over all authority. I guess the real issue is not what we are being asked to do. The issue is who is asking. We usually evaluate uh, the rules and the requests and the demands of authority. We usually evaluate those based upon the merit of those rules and requests and demands. In other words, if that rule that they're demanding, if that request makes sense to us, if it fits in with our plans, then we'll comply. However, if we think that that request is not reasonable, or it doesn't make sense, or, or it doesn't fit in with our plans, then we have a tendency to just feel, well, it's okay to disobey that. It's okay. When someone tells you what to do, the issue is not what, but who. Now, I know that sounds a little sing-songy, and, and it's on purpose because I, I want you to remember that statement. When someone tells you what to do, the issue is not what, but who. When someone tells you what to do, the issue is not what, but who. That's why when your student has a curfew of 11 o'clock and they come home at 12.30 or 1 a.m., okay? Hmm, you told them 11. But they come in at 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. Here's why. The request or rule or demand did not fit in with their current plans. <laughs> or it didn't fit in with their current circumstance at that moment. Or they just thought it was a stupid rule. Right? And when they are caught, so they decide to do their own thing, and which led them home at 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, when they get caught and you call them on that, they're going to justify their behavior. And they're just a stupid rule. Breaking the rule. Now, that's a stupid rule. It's just a stupid rule. Or they're going to attack the rule maker, and they're going to say, you're so unfair. We do the same thing. Traffic violations. We say, why did they decide to put a stop sign there? That's ridiculous. Or we say, why is the speed limit so slow here? Do you know what the speed limit is in front of Belks? 15 
miles an hour. Why is the speed limit so slow, we say? That is stupid. But here's what we forget to register. It is God who established the governing authorities, even if you didn't vote for them, God establishing the governing authorities, and the governing authorities, they're the ones who determine the traffic limitations. But we focus on the what they're asking us to do, rather than the who. It's like we talked about last week. We said it's, this whole authority thing is kind of like an umbrella. You step under the light, under the umbrella, the protection of this authority. But we would rather take our chances out here in the storm because we say, I don't want them telling me what to do. And we're focusing on the what. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. And so that's called rebellion. If we want to leave that and come out here, it's called rebellion. I don't want to be under that umbrella. I don't want to be under that. I don't want them telling me what to do. And, and sometimes it's, I don't want that person telling me what to do. I don't want that. We're looking often at the what they are telling us, and we want the freedom. We don't want to be told what to do or when to do it or how to do it. But even if we do choose to look at the who, we're often looking at the wrong who. We're looking at that person holding the umbrella, but here's the deal. God according to the new covenant, is the one who handed that person the umbrella. So even when we do look at the who, we, don't, we say, I don't want them telling me what to do, but the real who is God who handed that person the umbrella. This is so tough for me. I don't know if this is tough for you or not. This is tough for me. We're often looking at the wrong who. Here's the deal. We will never be able to successfully live under the authority of men and women placed in authority until we learn to submit that God has control over all the authority. He's going to hand that umbrella to who he's going to hand that umbrella. The real issue is not what we're being asked to do. The real issue is who is asking. So back to our bottom line. Everyone answers to someone. If you want to have authority, you have to be under authority. And the issue is not what you are being asked to do, but who is asking. And God ultimately has authority over the who. Now, let's get back to Jesus. Let's get back to Jesus. Matthew chapter 26, we're going to pick up this story of Jesus. This is just hours before Jesus is getting ready to be tortured to near death. And then he's going to be escorted to the cross where he will die a horrific death. 
just hours before that. And here is Jesus in the garden just hours before that. He's getting ready to be arrested. He knows what is ahead and what is coming. And here's his response. Matthew 26, verse 38. He told them, speaking to just a, a few of his closest followers, he said this. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. And, and Jesus is not talking in this moment about the point of death that's to come on the cross. He's saying, I am hurting so badly right now in my spirit and physically in my body. I'm crushed. I'm hurting so badly. I might die right now. And we understand as you read the New Testament that Jesus was under such physical and emotional stress in this moment that his body began to force blood through the very pores of his skin. It looked like he was sweating blood. He was under stress. And he said, I feel like I'm going to die. He said to them, stay here and keep watch with me. Verse 39. He went a little further and he bowed his face to the ground. A sign of submission and being humble. We're talking about God here. Jesus. Who is fully God and at the same time fully man. He became a man. He's always been God. He became a man so that he could die. Because God can't die. So he's fully man at the same time fully God. I cannot explain that. We cannot. Someone may offer you some... Understanding of that, but listen, I'm just going to say this we will never understand that this side of heaven. Our minds are not equipped to understand that. God, Jesus, fully man, fully God, He bows to the ground and He begins praying. Who's He praying to? God. Oh, it's just, this just blows my mind. Here's what He says My Father, this is God praying to God now. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. He knows what's coming. And more than the cross and more than the torture that he's getting ready to face, he's getting ready to take upon himself the sin of the world. And we cannot comprehend that. I cannot understand that. But however devastating that must be, he's getting ready to take it all on to himself. He said, take this away. Take this away from me. And then here's how he ends it. Yet, I want your will to be done. Not mine. Your will. Your will. Jesus Stepping under the authority of the Father. Jesus chose to step under that authority. Jesus did not like what he knew was getting ready to happen. He did not like what he was being asked to do. But he submitted to the who. This is one of those things that just blows my mind. Jesus, as described in the New Testament and predicted in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, Jesus is fully God who became man, but fully God. We see it's God's 
son, but he is equal. It's, it's, not a, it's not a hierarchy. We see it as a hierarchy that we got God the Father and here we have God the Son. No, that's not how it is. They are equal. Jesus, the Son of God, is equal with God the Father. They are equals. Jesus, the Son of God, is equal with the third part of God. All three make up one single God, but He's also equal with God's Spirit. There is not a hierarchy. God is God. All of God, every bit of God, every attribute of God is existent in each one. I can't explain it, but I know they're equal. And Jesus chose. God chose to submit to God. Wow. Which takes us back. Everyone answers to someone. And if we want to have authority, we must first live under authority. And the issue is not what we are being asked to do, but who is asking. And then it is God who has authority over the who. Now this, this next thing, really... If this has not blown you away, this next thing really blows me away. Jesus didn't just submit to the authority of God. Jesus stepped under the light, under the umbrella of the ungodly authority of the Sanhedrin, which was like the Jewish court system. Jesus, Jesus stepped under that ungodly authority. At that time, it was ungodly. He submitted to that step god submitted to that ungodly authority to those jewish rulers at that time it didn't stop there jesus stepped under the authority of pilate who was the ungodly roman leader he was a foreign hated ruler and jesus stepped under his authority it didn't stop there Jesus stepped under the authority of those soldiers, the foreign military police who were there to police that nation and control them. Jesus stepped under their authority. And those were the ones who ultimately tortured him and killed him. And Jesus could have stopped it, stepped out from under at any moment, and he stayed under their authority to the very end. Jesus was not focusing on the what, not even the human who that was holding the authority umbrella. Jesus understood the God part of the who. So he could submit to the human who, no matter who they were, and no matter what they were telling him to do. So where does that leave us today? This is a big topic. Uh, this, uh, this is tough for me. I, I don't know if this is tough for you. This is tough for me. So where does that leave us? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do this week. At some point, would you go back this week and listen again to either the Facebook Live version 
of this, us looking at the scriptures and, and breaking these down for us. Would you listen again? If you don't have Facebook Live, would you go listen to the SoundCloud version? I'll have the audio version of SoundCloud this week. Hopefully that'll be up by Wednesday. Will you listen again? Would you listen again and listen for what is true? And then I'm going to ask you, Cam has this on the screen for us again. Would you take either, use your phone and take a picture of this so you have these uh, parts of our bottom line today. Would you either take a picture or would you real quick text yourself or you can go back and you'll have this book live. But I would really encourage you maybe to just to snap a picture of this with your phone and you'll have this. And will you look over this this week and talk to God about this? Will you talk to God about this? No matter what you think about me, no matter what you think about how you think it should be, will you talk to God about this? That everyone answers to someone. If we want to have authority, we have to live under authority. And the issue is not what we are asked to do, but who is asking. And God has the authority over the who. Now, this is tough. And if any of you are like me, you, you may be saying this in your head right now, but Harley, listen, okay, Harley, I, can, I see where you're going and where this is heading. I see that. But Harley, what about people like Hitler? What about evil people? Murderous people. What about evil governments and evil leaders? What about people like Hitler? That's a great question. I, I have an answer for you. Next week. You've got to come back next week because that is part of our topic next week. Out of the darkness and under the light. Don't, don't give up on this yet. Come back next week. Let's pray. Jesus, even you submitted to authority. You chose to submit as God to God the Father. Jesus, even you submitted to authority. You submitted to the ungodly Roman Pilate and the Jewish, the, uh, the ungodly at that time, Sanhedrin. And you submitted to those soldiers Jesus, you taught us that everyone answers to someone. You showed us that God is the authority over all authority. And, and it's not what we're being asked to do, but it is who is asking. And if it is authority, we must recognize that you are the authority over them. The who. So Jesus... You are the ultimate authority. You are the ultimate who. Help us to understand more this week as we talk to you about it, Jesus. Amen.